Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Brett Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Anne. Uh, I, I wanted to mention before we get started, we do have that one seat challenge. Yes, so anybody who's it. listening, yes, anybody who's listening, if you are a public speaker in any field anywhere around the world, we're asking to increase the diversity, inclusion, and intersectionality in 2017. We're asking that you say, every time I speak, fill one seat with a person who wouldn't ordinarily have access to this information in this event. So speakers out there, ask for one seat. That's the challenge. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, I read something the other day that I wanted to run by you. And it was a little bit disturbing. You know, we talk so much about startups and in particular fundraising for startups. You know, it's a big issue, right? Um, And I read that only 5% of startups actually get funded. It's worse. It's 0.05. Oh, and when they do, it takes months and months to accomplish it. Why is that? Let's talk. (laughs) Yeah. So the stats are correct. It really is 0.05, one half of 1% of startups get VC funded. And in general, those that do get funded take months to get their capital. So here's the deal. My first takeaway from this kind of information would be that if only one half of 1% get funded, this is going to be a lot tougher road than one would originally have thought. So perhaps you should see who's willing to fund you before you get too deeply in debt. 
right? That would be number All one. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and number two, it's going to take months, so you're not alone. You've been on this trail for a while. Don't worry. That's okay. It's going to take a long time. Yeah, but, you know, to get to data and answers that you can use as an entrepreneur seeking funding for your startup today, I think we better look a little bit deeper into that statement. And as I dissect it, you know, about the funding percentages, I want to scratch below the surface. Oh, please do, because it's a little scary up here on the surface. Right. It, it means, you know, 99.5% of startups die in the vine for lack of funding. It, not really. It's kind of a yes and a no. Here's the deal. First of all, the statement does not say that 100% of the startups seek funding. Right? Really? In truth, yeah. In truth, they don't. Right. Most scalable uh, startup uh, businesses, right, are self-funded and bootstrapped in the beginning. So they're not seeking that at the moment, right? Many, many more are lifestyle businesses. They grow with sales and they are not fundable at all. And the owners are very unlikely to ever seek funding. This is a number that says of the startups, what get funded? This isn't a number that says of the startups that are scalable and fundable, who's out there looking and they're trying to get funded that only one half percent get funded, right? It's a whole different number. And that would be a really great number to know. To dig yes. out. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of research on it and I wasn't able to find, um, you know, of the pitches that a VC gets, how many will they fund? I didn't get that number. I don't know if they hear 20 pitches before they fund something or if they hear 2,000 pitches before they fund something. I'm assuming it's somewhere in between. I would right. think so. so. Right. We'll see if we that can dig into number. that. Yes. And for maybe another show. Right, and maybe that is that 5% number, because I've heard that as well. So that's it's possible that that's what they're saying. So that would be interesting. They hear, you know, a 20 and something gets funded. So anyway, again, so just recapping that, you know, some scalable businesses are self-funded and bootstrapped. Many more are lifestyle businesses, and they don't ask for funding. And some companies that seek funding get angel funding, but they never seek VC funding. Again, that number is only about those who got venture capital funding. It didn't talk about angels or a hundred other ways you might get funding. So, you know, some are just funded in other ways. Now, I'd like to know the percentage of startup companies that are saleable and seeking funding. That would give us a much better data point and so on. So I did a lot of research, as I said, and what I could get was that according to Forbes, 3% of venture capital funding went to startups. Only 3%. The balance went to already established companies seeking investment to expand. So just keeping that in mind, early stage startups, you don't go to VCs right away. You go to the angels first. Right? Good point. But right. let's talk about what makes a company fundable in the first place. That would be a good idea, <laughs> right? So the critical questions I'd say to ask yourself and your team before you decide what kind of capital you'll use to power your company would be, are we building that lifestyle or scalable company, right? We've talked about that a lot, right? Yeah. Lifestyle companies can be extremely profitable and some of them are very large. So size is not the criteria of what you're building. You say, well, I'm building a big company. No, that does not mean you're fundable, Right. If we're building a scalable company, how much capital will it take to launch us and how much to expand our markets? That will tell you again whether you're going to go to angels or VCs. Right. The number can be significantly different for B2Bs versus B2C companies. B2C companies take a lot of money. Right. Unicorns, these 
billion-dollar companies, they're very heavy on that B2C side. But that doesn't mean that your B2B company won't be successful or be a good investment for venture capitalists. So once you've had some solid estimates on the capital required to build and expand your market, now it's time to decide whether VC funding is or some other kind of funding is going to be in order. So now we can talk, Anne, about what makes a company fundable in the first place, right, so that we know what that playing field looks like. Okay, so number one, it's a company that can be scaled. Right, right. So that means that the cost per acquisition of customers plus manufacturing or delivering the goods or services to those customers reduces with increased numbers of customers and sales. In other words, your gross margin will increase over time. And this is true whether it's B2B, B2C, or peer-to-peer companies as well. No exceptions. That's the definition of scalable. So get that one really, you know, ingrained, folks. All right. Um, And then a second one would be a company with a team that can take it to the finish line. So, you know, therein hangs a a hard tail, right, Anne? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We talk about that a lot. We certainly do. So they have the knowledge and experience in the field in which they're building a company. That's not a bad thing, okay? Um, And that's not the same as they built another company before and had a successful exit. Just demonstrate that you know what you're doing, all right? Now, I should add on that one that despite the fact that there is substantial evidence demonstrating that startup founders almost always are one-time ponies, which means they can build a successful company once, but they don't do it again, right? Mm -hmm. Cs continue to pour money preferentially into previously successful startup founders. They look for seasoned founders. That does not mean that you were seasoned in your field. It means you started another company at one point. That's the killer. I can think of perhaps two founders who built two successful companies in succession, and that would have been Expedia and then Zillow, you know, uh, uh, Lloyd Frank and Rich Barton. Um, But I, I agree with you. I think they're the unusual ones. Um, yeah, there's a list of, I think, the top 14 serial entrepreneurs um, who really have, you know, founded something and then keep going. The concept, by the way, of serial entrepreneur is a little different than what most people think it is. It, it isn't just that you had several super successful, you know, unicorn-sized uh, companies. It's that you start a company and you quickly hand it off to others to go and finish it up and then you start the next one and hand it off to the next guys to finish it up and so on. That's what you and I do. We it's are kind of like entrepreneurs. Yes, and it's it's kind of the reverse of founderitis, but we'll do another show exactly. on that. Uh, so what there's a, there's another big one too. Uh, a big yeah. thing about what makes a company fundable and before we go to break I want you to talk about a substantial and increasing market size. Yeah. So you know, if there's no market for your iPhone because it's 2005 and nobody knows how much they're going to love your phone, I mean, you know, it would be challenging to convince a group of VCs that you have a large and growing market. And a lot of founders, you know, kind of hide behind that and say, you know what, it's really the exception, not the rule. Chances are really high that your company is providing a product or service that has an existing market. Your job is to demonstrate that clearly in your pitch. All right. So, again, a substantial and increasing market size, unless you really have reinvented the wheel. Nobody's ever used a cell phone before to speak of and maybe, you know, 10 cell phones around and suddenly this is going to be the next big market. Or people have been using things like Blackberries and little flip phones and suddenly an iPhone is going to hit the market. 
And I think those are all really good things. There, there are a couple of other things that we've been talking about lately is uh, that have to do with unconscious bias. And we've interviewed some startup founders who uh, found that they were up against unconscious bias for either uh, the color of their skin or their gender or the location where, where they're uh, setting their company. And those too, can be uh, things that can stand in the way of getting a company funded. Our friend Nitin Rai, who founded uh, First Insight in 1994, and it is still going as a very successful uh, B2B company, uh, didn't even try to raise money the first two years because he knew it would be difficult. Um, and so yes. he got it going on making the cash register ring uh, and providing a service that uh, eye care professionals would buy. Um, and then as it grew, he began to uh, look for funding. So yep. that that kind of intentional inclusion becomes really important. Yes, I would agree. Um, but again, venture capitalists are not in general folks with high risk tolerance. Only 3% of their money is going to go to an early stage, right? And again, 3% of their money does not mean that they you know, don't fund a lot of it. Think about it. The the DE uh, rounds, you know, those kinds of things, CDs and E's, those are the big rounds. That's where most of the money goes. It doesn't mean they didn't fund at the very early beginning. So again, the amount of capital and the number of deals done, they don't necessarily equate. Yeah. Uh, so, so we need to take a break <laughs> for our sponsors, and then we will come back and go deeper into the topic about why it takes so long to get your startup funded and what to do about it. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. 
We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about fundraising for your startup and why it takes so long for most startups to get funded. And in fact, most startups do not get funding. So let's give up that fondly health belief that some VC is going to hand you buckets of millions of dollars just because you have the coolest new AR widget in the known universe. Right. Well, if you do, you probably will get some cash. But (laughs) that notwithstanding, um, I would agree. Uh, The numbers are kind of terrifying if you look at it in the surface, right? One half of 1% of all companies get VC funding, but it's less terrifying when you adjust the number uh, for companies that never seek funding. For example, 88% of the economy of the United States is dependent on small businesses, and these folks don't seek VC funding. So that takes a huge chunk out of that stat, right? And it renders it really quite irrelevant. I would think that we want to take a look at data that makes more sense. So there's been about 3% of the VC fundings that went to the early stage startup, right? The balance goes to companies that are established and expanding, as we said at the end of our last uh, segment, you know, the series B, C, D, E, and so on. These are the larger ones, right? So on the surface, we grown, but the stat says that it was about the amount of cash. It's not the number of deals. So series A and C rounds are small. The big ones are, you know, going to take more of the capital. So stop groaning. Okay. (laughs) And after we stop groaning, what do we do? Well, okay, so we should get to the meat of this, right? The, the deal is to reduce the amount of time it gets to get uh, it takes to get funded and to optimize our company profile and pitch so we're in that 3% of capital that does go to reasonably early stage fundings by VCs, right? Or there are also other options, okay? So let me guess, one thing to start in reducing that amount of time is to target where you're looking for for your funding. That is exactly right. You've hit it, right? Don't start with the VC necessarily. You start with angels. You could even start with friends and family, right? But if you start with angels or even super angels and so on, then you will have built your prototype, launched your MVP, and while it's a good idea to get introduced and to keep in touch with VCs early in the game, be clear that you just want to be on the radar as the company grows. Set clear expectations for them. They will know you, and it's going to smooth the way and reduce the time to funding when the time comes. Too many companies hit the VC trail after they've been through fans and family and then angels and aren't prepared to do so. What I'm saying is get prepped, get to meet these guys early on. All right. So that's okay to do. Um, The second thing I would say is do your research on the VCs beforehand. It can take weeks to do that research and it's going to save you months. So not every VC is a good match for your company. Start with LinkedIn. Find venture capitalists who fund the type of company you're building. Tech, retail, finance, logistics, whatever you're in, healthcare, who knows. Impact investors, right? B2C, B2B, peer-to-peer, the P2Ps, right? Find the VCs who get what you're doing because they've already had large successes in similar projects. Right? Don't look for investors, for example, who are direct have invested in your direct competitor. Right? If you're building the next Airbnb, you don't want to go to the guys who are currently invested in Airbnb. 
right? You want to go to somebody who is related to it. Well, that, that leads to one of the darker underbelly sides of all of this, which is sometimes you will get invited into conversations uh, by a funding sources because they're trying to do intel on companies they're already funding, um, you know, in that segment. And you need to watch out for giving away uh, some of your secret sauce to make somebody else rich. You know, That's sometimes true. it's kind of a jungle out there, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you are uh, being wooed to, you know, have the, uh, the drink with some other guy who is vetting and so on and so forth, you want to find out why you're being vetted, uh, whether they're really interested in you or they're interested in just checking on another uh, company they may be interested in um, investing in now or whom they have already invested in, and they're just checking out the competition. Um, we could do a whole other show on how to navigate that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, but at this point, we're, we're trying to say, how are you going to reduce the amount of time it takes to be exactly. invested? Exactly. And I would say being realistic about who you're going to get your first funding from. And again, that's angels or maybe even super angels. They could be in groups or in individuals, uh, or they could be individuals. And as you get to the super angel group, you should be considering things like um, private family offices. You could consider debt equity. You could consider taking, uh, giving away equity in exchange for services, because otherwise you would just give away equity in exchange for cash and pay for the services. Right? So you can do that trade and, and run it. Right. Think a little bit more broadly about what you're going to do in the earliest stages so that you actually get stuff done. All right. I'm also thinking that this is a big strain for startup founders because, wait a minute, aren't they supposed to be making a product and finding a market and finding yeah. customers? And fundraising takes a lot of time. Yes. So I would like to propose that uh, a founder – probably needs to put a team together that can keep the the company moving forward. Well, yes, and we have. Yeah, we've talked about that before, and and I think it bears repeating. Um, the fundraising process can take eighty percent of your time. Therefore, reducing the amount of time is going to be critical. Putting together a team that helps you to reduce that uh, time is great, but putting together a team that's going to watch the home fires while you're busy doing your thing is critically important too. Um, otherwise, you don't have the continued uh, upward trajectory of uh, stuff to report to funders or potential funders who are interested. For example, you open a conversation with a VC in November, you'd better have something new to tell him by January after the holiday season has passed. right? Because now if he's still interested come January, he's going to say, so what have you accomplished in the last couple of months? Right now, if all you, you've done is spend time getting in touch with other VCs, then you haven't really accomplished very much at all, if anything. And that's not good. You can't let it, uh, you know, get fallow. So uh, that's what we're talking about there. It's critical to um, get in touch, stay in touch, to pre-vet your um, uh, VCs, of course, but also to consider alternate ways for funding before you hit the VC trail. Uh, the tighter, of course, you get your VC vetting, right, this kind of LinkedIn process where you say, all right, these guys do fund. Um, I don't know, they, they fund in finance and they fund at this stage and they did something that was similar to ours in stage one and they've had a nice exit and now we could do it in stage two and we can you know, demonstrate what's going on and you must then find the person inside the venture capital firm who kind of gets your space, who made that first investment, who maybe 
looking for another success in that space and so on. And that's the person you have to contact and then you must keep in touch. These are the kinds of things that can reduce the time to funding and save you tons of time on that far end. So when we're looking for funding as very, very young companies, um, we might be mostly con- concerned at that point with micro VCs. And the reason I'm asking this yes. is because Elizabeth in his, on uh, 500 Startups has pointed out in one of her blogs that there's a secret that most startups don't know that, yes. uh, that micro VCs keep to themselves when they consider a company for funding. And it has to do with whether you're going to get funded after they give you money because they're only going to give you a limited amount. You want to talk about that a little bit and how you can make make that look like, you know, more um, credible. That's right. Um, And it is something you have to think about, too. Convincing an angel, for example, an individual that you want to take, that they want to put money in your uh, startup is more often about uh, emotional connection. Right or perhaps a professional and vertical knowledge uh, connection. They kind of get it and away they go. Convincing a micro VC is a little bit more formal, right? They may write small checks and that's what they do, but this is a company. They do this for a living. It isn't just some individual who happened to be in the same industry as whatever you're building and so on and they kind of get it, right? These guys have a rigor around the finance process and the first thing they want to know is if I put my money down, am I going to get my money out? What has to happen? Well, the company has to grow. In order for the company to grow, they're going to need X number of dollars more. Who is going to fund them? They don't even ask ask whether you can get funded. They want to know who. So these yeah. micro VCs kind of, you know, they're they're in constant contact with their next partners up the road, right? It's it's not a uh, an isolated um, you know, siloed industry. This is, you know, they, they chat. So they're going to want to know and they're going to say, "Well, go visit my friend, you know, uh, a dick over there. He's going to tell you whether or not you know, ABC funding, you know, venture capital group is really going to want to take this from here. And everybody's going to talk. They'll talk to you, but then, you know, Dick and his friend, uh, you know, John over here are going to talk to each other and, and it goes on and on, right? When they're quite sure that they can put down some money and hand you off to the next one, right, with a pretty reasonable expectation that you're going to get funded from those next guys, right, then you're ready to go. It's a little bit like buying a house and getting uh, pre-vetted for your mortgage, you know, (laughs) (laughs) pre-approved. So make sure you're talking to both of them at the same time. Make sure you make those connections, that you're proactive about it. That would be a really hot tip in reducing the time it takes to get home. All right. And speaking of hot tips, we have to take a break now, and then we'll come back with the recap of top tips and how to reduce the amount of time it takes to get your startup funded, which I know is on the top of everybody's mind. So this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. 
Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Pick out some new favorite podcasts now at cranberry.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, and we're talking about why it takes so long to get your startup funded and what to do about it. So, Jillian, we talked about uh, determining whether your company is actually fundable in the first place. And we talked about how to uh, go in and target your funding sources. Um, what do we have in the way of tips for these uh, aspiring right. startup entrepreneurs? So, well, I would say once you have determined that you do have a scalable corporation, so it is fundable. Uh, that means, again, your gross margins will increase over time. All right. Once you've determined you've got that and you've got yourself at large enough uh, target market and expanding and so on, remember you don't want to make buggy whips that are going out of style, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Once you have determined that you're fundable, you have to choose the right funder for your level of funding needs today. So, again, start with things like friends and family or trade outs or angel funds and maybe even, um, you know, super angels. Okay, then you'll get to VCs. Don't go crashing into the VC office unless you have the world's biggest thing and they are ready to pay for the development of your MVP. In general, you're going to have to have that minimum viable product and some kind of a demonstration that it is, um, if you will, uh, market viable. You know, somebody wants to buy your stuff. You're already going to have to demonstrate that to a venture capitalist. And most people say, well, I don't need it if I've got money coming in. The answer is, yeah, you will need it for expansion. If you don't need it for expansion, then you're not a fundable company. You don't need to be funded. So think about those things in advance. Choose the right funder for your level. Okay, so this is probably a good time to mention um, another thing that Elizabeth Inn recommended, uh, which is to keep three numbers in mind, 5, 100, and 500. And here's how she puts it. Over five weeks, meet with 100 investors to close 500,000 in your seed round. And for 1 million, you have to double those numbers. Right. At least that puts some timeline around it. And I think where this this goes back to the notion of focus, that an entrepreneur, a founder, generally is also very busy trying to get that in. 
um, MVP going to get customers, you know, to build a team and to have the focus on the funding. If you put, that's why I like these numbers because it makes you focus. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And it makes all kinds of sense. Um, just putting some, uh, again, some rigor around your uh, calendar so that you collect all of those meetings all in a week or all in a month, whatever it takes and so on, that will help you to get other stuff done at the same time. So yes, that can reduce the amount of time it takes to get to funding. My second tip, um, actually this is already now the third tip, right? The third tip is research. Every VC is not a good match for you. Make sure that the venture capitalist that you're talking to, not just the company, but the individual inside that company already has experience with your sector, has had some kind of a success with it, and is looking to do more. If you're an impact company, you want impact investors. Go find those kinds of folks. You want them at exactly the right intersection of what you do, uh, kind of how you're doing it, the market you're reaching, all of those kinds of things. The tighter you get it, the better off you are in terms of getting success early. And then I would say connect the dots. Who's going to fund you next? Find out if I'm going for X, who's going to give me series, you know, a, a series A, then who's going to give me series B and possibly even series C and D. You've got to figure that out first. And once you have determined that, get those people talking to each other early. The sooner they talk to each other, the better off you are. This sounds remarkably like rounding up a group of mentors and sponsors when you are, for instance, trying to make your way up a corporate ladder. In other words, plan where you want to go, identify the people who will help you get there, and cultivate those people. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, Again, if you walk in, you ask for cash, they're going to say, where does that where does this go next so yes you want to cultivate those people um, and if they are mentoring you then they're kind of on your side and again that warms the path to the next uh, stage and then finally it's get those funders together early keep in touch with them and make sure they keep in touch with each other once that conversation is opened um, it's part of that woo-woo stuff right thought word deed nothing gets accomplished on this planet that doesn't go through those three stages make sure that they're in word not just thought before you start asking them for money and moving forward. The sooner they're talking to each other, the less time they need to talk to each other before they make that final decision. So start early and keep it going. All right, then. Well, that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach Jillian. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach. And before we sign off, Jillian, One more time, the one-seat challenge. Yes, if you're a speaker, ask that one seat be set aside and filled with a person who would not ordinarily have access to this event during your speech. That's all you're asking for. One-seat challenge. Go out and ask. We will actually increase the amount of diversity, inclusion, and intersectionality in business if we all ask. That's right. So thanks for joining us. I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. 
Till next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.